Hello, welcome to another episode of Big Al's Life Journey. The reason I call it Big Al's Life Journey, because many years ago, some co-workers called me Big Al, and it kind of stuck with me. And after all these years, people still call me Big Al. It's amazing. And they used to have this saying, they used to say, Big Al's in the house, you better watch your mouth, shh. Because they did not speak any profanity. They had so much respect for me as a person, as a Christian. They knew I was a Christian. And they didn't want to speak anything that upset me or anything. But this episode, we're going to be dealing with our lives. And what I mean by dealing with our lives, dealing with our lives as a Christian. Because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want people to know our issues. And that's what I'm going to be dealing with, some of the issues we face as Christians. I know one is fear, another one is dreams, another one is our family, our failures, we deal with our friends. My accomplishments, and and not only my accomplishments, my critics. So you call yourself a Christian. Have you ever been told that? (laughs) Sometimes that can be hurtful. I'm telling you the truth. But people judge your life when they don't know the circumstance. And there are things in the Word of God that talk about the struggle as a Christian. Being a Christian is not easy. The meaning of the word journey is an act of traveling from one place to another. Life is an adventure. It's definitely an adventure. If we want it to be, because life can be good And it could be bad. But as we navigate and as we go through this life and as we maintain our lives onto God first and as we continue to walk, it is a journey. It can be an adventure. It can be like, wow, this is happening. That's happening. This new thing is occurring. You know, you're going to have to have good with the bad. You can't just have good. And just because bad things happen... And circumstances happen in our lives. That doesn't mean that God has forgot about us, that God has forsaken us. No, that means sometimes God wants us to learn as we are in certain situations. God begins to build our lives as we continue. And dealing with myself as an individual, as a person, do I see the glass really half full? Or do I see it half empty? I have to ask myself these things. Am I positive seeing it half full or am I negative seeing it half empty? I have to ask myself these questions. Sometimes when I'm talking, I believe I'm talking to myself too. Because a lot of times people think because you speak or you have this or you have that, you don't go through things. Sometimes when people speak and they're on certain platforms, they go through harder things because they have to deliver the message. And the thing about being a Christian is a, it's a day-to-day living. You got to go day-to-day. To be a follower of Christ is the Christian. They call it the way. John Bynum, the author of Pilgrim's Progress, has a great book. It's a must-read. It's a Christian classic. It talks about the life of a Christian, the ups and the downs. Our lives are up down. That accomplishment, what I was talking about, and you deal with your failures. Like I said, I don't really believe anyone fails. You fail when you give up. And God never called us to give up. 
your accomplishments, you have to push through. How did you get, how did you accomplish? You never gave up, right? You kept pursuing that goal. You kept pursuing that thing. You kept pushing. You kept, it's like when you're, you're in the gym and you're building those muscles, the resistance. You know, you're going to have the pain. Without the pain, like they said, there's no gain. So I'm dealing with myself as an individual, right? My life. You know, there's a, a song that 1977, I believe it was, it was Teddy Pendergrass, said you can't hide from yourself. But a lot of times we hide from ourselves. We always say, oh, we can't do that. Or someone else, our critics, you know how critics are. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, that can't be done. But with God, all things are possible. The Bible tells me that with God, all things are possible. So I am to look to God. God is my measuring stick in life. God is my measurer. God is the one that accomplished that. And what he's talking about in that song is not hiding from yourself. He's telling yourself to look yourself in the mirror. Now, everybody has a story. What is your story? Have you looked yourself in the mirror? Can you look in yourself in the mirror and be truthful to yourself and deal with yourself as an individual? Like I always believed there's nothing wrong with falling down. But when I fall down, what am I doing? Am I getting back up? Am I complaining? Complaining is a big thing in life. What this one did and what that one did. Listen, we have to tighten our belt strap tight. Pull ourselves back up when we fall and continue to walk in this life that we're living in. We don't want people to judge us. That's the thing. We won't, don't want to be talked about. Let people talk about you. They're going to talk about you anyway, whether you know it or not. You know, good, bad, and indifferent. You do a whole bunch of good, they can say, oh, they think they're better than us. You do bad, they're going to target it on your bad. But let it be bad or good, knowing that God is your rewarder. God is your restorer. Your fears. My fears were failing. I, I, I mean, I, I did not want to be a failure. That, that's one of my fears. I did not want to be a failure. I remember when I was younger, in high school, going to high school, I was in the special ed, you know, and I would, I wouldn't want anyone to know I was special ed, you know, especially your friends, you know, you're, you're playing basketball and you're like, you don't want your friends to know you're special ed because they're going to make fun of you, you know, critics, they're going to, they're going to really tear you up, you know, you know how kids are, kids are not, Kids are not fair. They, they, they don't have compassion. They, they chop you down. And I wasn't good in school. So when my report card came out, I would hide it, you know. I would hide it in my locker and they would say, hey, Al, what's up, man? Where's your report card, man? We got English flashing their report card. They did good. And I said, oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's in my locker. I don't know what I did with it. Did you pass? Did you get? Oh, yeah, I got A, B, 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 B. Because you didn't want them to see your insecurities, that you couldn't learn that well, you couldn't, you couldn't spell, you couldn't do those things that they were good at. And so when the teachers would send the failing notices home, I would intercept it. I would go to my mailbox and take it out, rip it up and throw it in the garbage. Then they would call my dad and they were like, where's, where's, uh, I, I sent the, um, a failing notice home for Alan. Did you get, no, I didn't. And my dad, Alan, Alan. Yes, Dad. Where's that, where's that notice from the school? I haven't seen no notice. Maybe it got lost in the mail. 
because I didn't want my dad to know that I was failing. And so many times in our lives, we are not doing good as a Christian. We're not doing good as an individual. We're not, we're not accomplishing where we should be. We always think we should be somewhere we ought not be. Maybe we should be there, or maybe we're not. But my purpose is to get there. No matter how long it takes, like sometimes people get like, they get in their 30s, they say, oh, I'm getting old, they're 25, I'm getting old. Listen, God called Moses when he was 80 years old to deliver people from Egypt. So you're not getting old. You're not, you're 20 years old, you're not getting old. You're 30, you're 40, you're 50, you're 60, you're not old. You're just beginning. You got to tell yourself in God, I'm just beginning. I'm not getting old. You got to deal with that emotional side of yourself. And you have to tell yourself that. You have to dream again. You have to have those dreams. Where is my dreams that I had when I was a kid? Going back, where's my dreams? I'm talking to myself today. Where is my dreams? You know, I always wanted to be an NBA player. That was my dream. I said, I'm going to be an NBA player. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, you want to be a fireman, a lawyer. You want to travel the country. You want to do all these wonderful things. But what happened to your dreams? Ask yourself that. What is my dreams? What is my, what is my accomplishments? Where do I feel good about my accomplishments? In this life I live in, when there's so much negativity around me, where is my focus again? Where is my focus? And then you deal with your friends, you know, and sometimes friends are real friends. It says a friend loves at all times. And then sometimes friends are not (laughs) friends that you thought they were friends. I've been there when you thought people were your friend and they're not your friend, but that's okay. That's a whole nother story when you start dealing with friends and then your critics, you know, people want you to fall. People want you to fail. But even if you do fall and even if you do fail, failure is not always final. You got to get up and tighten that belt strap. You know, you got to tighten that belt strap. You know, life is a, a challenge. It is a big challenge. Life is a challenge. And what are my thoughts about myself? Good, bad, and different. I know about myself. I always thought I was a failure. Not until a few years back, until God gave me a revelation of who I am, you know, and that was my first episode, who, who, who am I? And I realized I'm not a failure. I'm created by God. And maybe those dreams that I had didn't work out because maybe it wasn't God's will for my life. What is God's will for my life? I never sought God's face for my dreams. I was just acting on desire. I was asking on impulse. And how many times in our life do we act on impulse or do we get on our knees and really ask God, God, is this what you have for me? I'm learning to do that more and more in my life. God, what do you have for me? Is this your purpose that I go here? Is this your purpose that I go there? Is this your purpose? You know, I want to pray. And I want to say to you, if there's anyone who does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, repeat this prayer after me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to come in my life. I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, come into my heart 
and deliver me from the evil one. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to pray that God will help us on our journey through this life we live in. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today, God. You're so good to us, Lord. Touch our lives. Help us and our failures, God, and our accomplishments. Let us not look at ourselves as weak, depleted, poor, victimized, but let us look to you, our Savior, our Lord, our champion. And God, we thank you for that. In the name of Jesus. Now I want to talk to you about two people who dealt with their lives. One was Peter. Matthew chapter 14, verses 20 through to 24. Uh, Jesus, in the previous uh, verses, he had fed these 5,000, right? So now, after they had fed the 5,000, he puts Peter and the disciples on the boat. So they're on the boat going across to the other side. He's out, you know, going to the other side. And so they're on this boat, but something happens. Have you ever been like on a journey? They were on this journey on this boat floating. And something happened. It's like this huge storm comes. And they said the waves were 20 feet high. Have you ever been like in a storm, in a situation, in a crisis where you had no control over it? And that's what they were up against. They were up against a monster, something they could not control, something that was going to destroy them, something that was going to take them out. So they were fearful. But all of a sudden, they look, and in the midst of this storm, these 20-foot waves, here comes Jesus walking. Because Jesus was on the other side on land, he was praying so Jesus knew that they were in trouble. So he come walking on the water. And he was in the midst of the storm. And so Peter spoke up and said, they thought it was a ghost. They were fearful. They were terrified, the Bible says. So Peter says, hey, Lord, if it's you, uh, tell me to come onto the water. So Peter steps out the boat. So now here's Peter. He's, he's on top of this water. He's on top of this circumstance. He's on top of this water that he's walking on. But Peter did something we all do. Sometimes in our lives, we're in the midst of something. And we're doing good. We're feeling good as a Christian. I feel, I feel good. Even though things are around me, they're not good. But I feel good here. But he did something we all do. And I do in my life, I looked at the circumstance. He looked around him. When that bill's not paid, when that rent is due, when that light's due, I'm not making enough money. I need more food in my house. That car bill's not paid. That insurance is not paid. We look at the circumstance. But remember, Jesus is in the midst of this storm now. He's in the middle. Middle. He's in the middle. And he's telling you to keep walking. But what did we do? We stop and we begin to look around. And when he began to look around on, in the circumstances, the wind came and knocked him down. And when we take our focus off of the center, which is Christ, we're going to fall. 
we're going to sink. And he begins to sink. And he said something that was so, so good. He said, Lord, save me. And it said that, and Jesus reached down and picked Peter up. And as he picked Peter up, they began to walk back to the boat. Now, still, the storm was still raging. So I believe God is showing us a picture here. He says, I'm in the center of your life. Yeah, there's a storm around you. It's okay. The storm, it's all right. There's a storm around you. And as you begin to continue to walk, I'm going to walk with you through this storm. And as they got back to the boat, their destination, something great happened. The wind stopped. The storm stopped after they got to their destination. So God is saying, you keep walking with me. You keep talking to me. And as we get to our destination, the winds are going to cease. And I want to talk to you about Jacob. Jacob had something that was um, something uh, in his life. It was dealing with his past. Have you ever had something in your past you had to deal with? I did. And sometimes dealing with your past is not so easy. It is very uncomfortable dealing with your past, man. It is very uncomfortable dealing with your past. You're like, come on now. Like, uh, I thought I was over this. I thought this was solved. It's like, no, it shows up and you have to deal with it. And that's what happened to Jacob. And you know the story of Jacob. He had stole his brother's birthrights. Jacob uh, went to live with his uncle. He had prospered. He was living good. Now God told Jacob, go back. Go back to where you come from, and I want to bless your life. But Jacob knew in order for him to go back, he had to confront his past, his brother, who he had dealt wrong. And he had to deal with those past issues. So Jacob... And Genesis, it's in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 to 28, had to deal with his past issues. And as he dealt with those past issues, he prayed to God for God to help him with those past issues. And we have to pray constantly and ask God to deal with our past issues. And so Jacob said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send gifts to my brother Esau. Because Esau wanted to kill Jacob because what he has done to him. So Jacob fled to his uncle Laban's house. For years he was there, 20 years. And so what happened in this story was Jacob said, okay, I'm going to send you some gifts. And he didn't want Jacob's gifts. He wanted to meet up with Jacob. So he's coming to meet Jacob with 400 men. And so Jacob was so afraid that he prayed to God. And God said he was going to deliver Jacob. So in the process of all this happening, Jacob was in himself trying to deal with the situation. And a lot of times when we're trying to deal with the situation, it's not going to work. We have to let God handle our situations. And so Jacob was left alone and he had sent his family across the brook. And as he sent them across the brook, he was left alone on the other side. And it said that, and a man wrestled with Jacob all night. Sometimes in our lives, we have to be left alone with God so God can deal with our lives. So God can deal with our past. So God can correct our past and our lives.
That happened to me in a, not a Jacob situation, but that happened to me in a situation where I had to confront the brother. And it was many years, me and this brother had a falling out. And we were arguing over stuff that we shouldn't have been arguing. And you know how it is when you're going to confront someone, you know how your adrenaline starts flowing and your hair stands up on the back of your neck just in case it gets physical. You know, you're ready for this. You're ready for this. You're you're ready, man. You say, you know what? If it comes down to it, I'm going to have to handle myself. I'm going to have to handle. Now, you're a Christian. You're, You're dealing with your, remember, you're dealing with yourself as an individual. We propose to bring peace, love, and joy as Christians, not wrestling. We don't supposed to fight nobody. But here I am preparing myself like Jacob did. I'm like, okay, you know what? And of all places to meet this brother, I had to meet him at a funeral. And I said, I, I really don't want to be fighting outside the church or fighting in the church. That's not good. That's not good. No physical activity should be going on like that. So... You go, you go and you view the body and, you know, you, you see people you haven't seen in a long time. So when me and this brother meets eye contact, we both made peace. We made peace with each other. And so going back to Jacob, he was wrestling with this man, right? He's wrestling. Jacob's wrestling with this man. And God is dealing with Jacob's life, dealing with his past. Jacob, a trickster, a schemer. That was his name, Jacob. And Jacob was wrestling with this man. So the man was the Lord. And so the Lord touched Jacob's hip after they were wrestling all night and knocked his hip out of socket. So Jacob totally had to depend on the Lord now because he had no more strength. He lost the strength in his hip. And so the Lord said, Jacob, what is your name? The the man, the Lord said, Jacob, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. And he said, no longer is your name Jacob. He said, your name is Israel. You are prince now. He said, because you you have strived with man and with God. So God is telling us, in order to confront our past, there's some things we have to wrestle we have to wrestle with God and allow God to touch that, those, those areas in our lives, those weak points in our lives and deal with them so he can take away our past. And when Jacob met uh, Esau in chapter 33, they embraced and it was peace. Like me and that brother, we made peace when we saw eye contact. And that's what happened with Jacob and Esau. When they confronted each other, the eye contact, they made peace. Thank you so much. And I hope this episode of dealing with your life as an individual, as a Christian, have helped you. God bless you and thank you and have a great day.